0: So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello. Hello, here we are. This is episode 5-0, the big 5-0, the big 50.
1: Over the hill, over the hill the hill Except none of us are over the hill yet and thankfully
0: through the woods to grandmother's house wait
1: no that's not wrong wrong, wrong
0: show different show different show for not different... video games that's not video games uh, well I mean I'm sure
1: somebody's made a game about that somewhere Who somebody knows? should if they haven't yeah make it like a horror film that sounds like pretty good or like a horror game like a thriller yeah that sounds about right yeah Let's I don't know it. Red Dead Riding Hood
0: yeah no, no. No. Nope. Okay.
1: Well, uh, see, that's why I, you and I are both not in the gaming industry, and all we do is just play games and talk about them. That's
0: it. Yes. Right? Something like that? Something like that. So, Josh, how have you been? Okay. How have you been? Good. I think we uh, need to do the full disclosure here and say that this is the second time we've recorded <laughs> this episode. Yes. Um the first time my computer crashed in the middle of it and not the computer crashed. That makes it sound so hardware-esque and final. The software. But rather the software froze and I ended up having to reboot the machine and then there was no file to be had. Yes. We were very sad. Yes, very sad. We I think we were like 50 minutes into
1: it. It was a shame because I was talking. It was it's always when I'm talking that you do it. Yeah. Like, it happens, and then I'm just, like, waiting for you to respond, and then I wish I should send you, like, the sides, the clips of me talking, like, Josh,
0: Josh, Josh, (laughs) Maybe we could create a supercut set of clips of just that from all your sides that didn't work out with my side. That's hilarious. I uh, actually saved, I usually save them just
1: so that we have them if we ever needed (laughs) some random pieces of just me talking, so... Um, maybe we should do that. But, yeah, here we are, round two, on a Friday, so we're a little bit happier. As we said with round
0: one, while this is episode 50, Mm -hmm. we really have no plans for anything special. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. I should
1: say sorry, because it's just another episode, while it is a milestone. Um, we're more here about celebrating what we continue to do, and that's talk about video games. And not the news. So, So yeah, yeah, here we are. Um, I wanted to say the only thing, tidbit of news that I want to talk about is the
0: new Animal Crossing Joy-Cons, which are pretty cool. They are pretty cool. I like Um, that uh, Nintendo is willing to think about new colors for the Joy-Cons. Yes, yes, yes. While I don't really think that these (laughs) colors are amazing, especially since one of them is very close to the original blue that's already on the original Switch. I do think it's neat that they are willing to do new colors.
1: I think it's more closer to like a a pastel blue rather than... A it's not quite as neon. Neon, yes. So, but it's still pretty... I think it's a nice color, but again, as always, um, and it's not just Nintendo, so I guess we can't give them too much... Crap, but controllers are
0: stupid expensive. They really are. And Joy Cons <laughs> so, are especially expensive.
1: Yeah, for how tiny those things are. I mean, I understand maybe the Xbox and PS4 controllers being a little bit more expensive. And they're actually less, they're cheaper than Joy Cons. They're usually like $40 on sale if you can get them good. Joy Cons never go on sale. So, yeah. you know, you pay that side. But yeah, they're really cool. Again, I'm not gonna buy them. I think the collector's edition switch is pretty neat. I like how they do that. Um, I haven't seen something like that since uh the Xbox had Xbox three
0: sixty had those plates, like the face plates that you can No, change no, in. the DS. They had a ton of different <gasps> oh, yeah. special editions. And that's yeah. what I would love to see from the switch, because the DS, three DS, I should say three DS. But the DS too, but the 3DS had several different Zelda editions, mm. and it had a special Metroid edition and a Mario edition. I mean, I would love to see that on the Switch as yeah. well.
1: I mean, it is cool, and I understand some certain people actually collect them and they just never play the Switch. Uh, I would have a hard time <laughs> doing that, especially because they're no cheaper. If anything, they may or may not be more expensive. Yeah. And don't, you may or may not come with the actual game in which the design is like the whole uh, special edition, you know, the special edition collector's edition is, you know, geared towards. So it's just kind of funky.
0: Where I think um, it's cool is when you buy the new game or mm-hmm. or like Animal Crossing, well, not like animal, animal Crossing, you buy <laughs> the special bundle with the new game and you have the special switch to go with it. Yeah. Um then you have something that reminds you that you were one of the special few that bought mm-hmm. the game when it came out right. the special edition blah blah. Yeah. But uh, but then of course I'm saying this and the Animal Crossing special edition that you're talking about doesn't come with the game. So yes,
1: fail. Classic Nintendo. But people are still going to be like buying these things and buying the game at the same time so um doesn't it, I mean I don't know how else to explain it, is that like they will continue to do this, yeah, and people will still continue to buy them like the losers that we are. Well, not losers, but yeah, losers. <laughs> we just Nintendo just has this way of convincing me at least to spend stupid amount of money. <sighs> but it's okay. Guess what, Josh? What's that? I have a surprise for you.
0: Surprise? I'm scared. Not,
1: not really a surprise. Scared. But, uh, you know, I had mentioned earlier today that I had purchased something. Yes. Well, it's here. That's excellent. One day shipping. What Uh, did you
0: order, Justin?
1: This morning, my wife and I purchased The Witcher 3 for the Switch. And it was a big deal because I was really excited. Uh, And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, we'll get it on Saturday, Sunday. Maybe if they do their prime deliveries on Sunday. Aaron. My wife uh, called me, or I, when we were driving our way home, she's like, "Hey, uh, so it's out for delivery already?" I was like, "What the uh, what?" So, uh, you know, kudos to Amazon for some ridiculous shipping, <laughs> or or at least uh, picking and distribution, because that was a quick turnaround. That's less than twelve hours, so that was pretty impressive. Granted, I guess I we do live by a distribution. I was gonna plan. say too-
0: we're in the Chicagoland area. Don't be creepy. So <laughs> yeah. it's we're I mean we're prime real estate for that stuff.
1: Yeah. So I guess uh, that was pretty cool. But uh, I I literally just opened it before we got on the to recording. Um, and I fired it up just to play like maybe two and a half minutes. Uh, and it's uh, it's just so glorious the cutscene. Just watching the cutscene again for the third fourth time. That was pretty awesome. So I'm excited to play it. I plan to. I was gonna play some Pillars of Eternity
0: after this, but I think that's changed. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine why. Uh, so I'm pumped. The that cutscene in particular is wonderful with the naked Jennifer, of course. So
1: oh, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that part too. Mm-hmm. I was talking about like the horse and the guy just like decapitating. That was intense at the very, very beginning. Oh yes, yes. So. decapitating. But here we are here i i was explaining to aaron <clears throat> why uh the game was so expensive for a game that came out in 2015 it was a funny uh conversation
0: yeah well but you know there's always the fact that there are two downloadable contents included in 16 are, dlc too yeah both of which are extremely long from what i understand yeah. so super long i did a uh, particular quest last evening um for the bloody baron so those who have played Ooh. will know what I'm talking about and man oh man that was a gut punch so um I think I was very much thinking of you when it was happening it was very creepy and weird oh and I hell yeah you will enjoy that so um so it was good and it continues to be good and I continue to really enjoy that game uh for me it's a nice tie together of obviously now my new favorite um, fantasy series, along with a little bit of Dungeons and Dragons feel, and along with very open world. And the one thing that continues to strike me about that game, if I may take a second to just talk about it yet again, yet again, is <laughs> yeah, is that you're in this world, and I mean, open worlds are so common now, but this world, I don't know the detail of everything around you. I, I just, I never want there to be war. <laughs> And everything around you in this game feels so alive and yet dead because it's all war and war-torn. And the conditions these people live in is insane. And I'm just like, how do people survive like this or did or ever could have? Um, not that this is real, but it, I just feel like there's some sense of realism for maybe what peasants went through at a time. Yeah. And didn't have witchers and didn't have monsters. And I'm st- still sure it was crazy. So, um, I love it. I'm really enjoying it. It is uh, something
1: that I, in, I look forward to experiencing and then coming back to you uh, to Google, Google and all over uh, and then to also share frustration with certain quests that may or may not have been difficult. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to let you know I'm really excited and I, I, I know everybody's been waiting for me to finally pull the trigger so we can get that past
0: us. I think there I have are. a problem because I've played 31 hours. And Holy crap! Nice. I uh, I think I'm on part two, the Bloody Baron quest. I'm on like part two of the main quest. So I think mm. this is going to be a problem.
1: Yeah, and when I was reading into it, did, when you first started, did it ask you to do a fresh start or to like start with the DLC? Like, like ah, there was no. One...
0: It um, it fired up and told me that I had download or had purchased or downloaded the dlc for the game and that i could jump into the dlc right away by going to a certain place blah blah yeah yeah, and then it also asked me if i wanted to import the witcher 2 save save, yeah i mean still haunts the back of my brain to this day and uh if i wanted to choose how i started or something i don't even remember and i was like oh
1: so funny, fun fact, because there
0: isn't a Witcher
1: 2 on the Switch, it said to, quote, simulate a Witcher 2 uh, save, is what it said, which I didn't know what that meant, and I clearly said, yeah, I, I want to start from scratch, but I don't know what they mean by simulate a Witcher 2 save.
0: Oh, so, like, what happens is this is, it's the similar to Mass Effect where you... um. Get to choose what did or didn't happen or who you did or didn't save from The Witcher 2, even though you didn't play it. So if you simulate the save, it's saying that, you know, you made choices in the game you didn't play. Gotcha. That makes more sense. Yeah. I didn't do that. So I just started from scratch, but. Makes sense. Here we are. Here we, uh, my journey starts now. So you had put server parts into something, something. So yes, yes, um, yes. I, I'm. I like this little uh, follow-up pre-topic thing you put in here because it talks about one of my favorite sites, ServerBuilds.net, which is yes. a deep dark rabbit hole that is enjoyable for me. So why don't you tell us what server parts you did or, did or didn't buy and what you're thinking?
1: I think uh, I'm glad we're doing in essence or I guess, uh, in retrospect, that's a better way to say it. Um, I'm glad we did have a part one and this is a part two of recording this. Take two. Take two. Yes. Because, uh, I rambled on about this. So I'm gonna make it quick. Long story short, I bought old server parts. Uh, there's a whole market for this, but if you go to that website serverbuilds.net, you're, I'm just warning you, it's a huge rabbit hole and, uh, is a perfect website to get into repurposing old servers to do modern day tasks. And I say old servers, some of the parts you can get are fairly modern within the last five years. Um, But what this site practically does is builds a community of those who are repurposing servers uh, and using them for like Plex servers. Some of them are building like gaming rigs like myself for like less than $115 dollars. Uh, which is crazy. Um, and you can argue that nowadays you can still do that with under $300 with the Ryzen chips, which is true. But uh, yeah, so I bought a bunch of versions, a bunch, but a few parts uh, and repurposed the current ser- or desktop that I had running my Plex server to an actual server, I guess, using server parts. And while I was doing it, the individual, who started this uh, website had a uh, had a little video of actually using those same parts and then adding a full-fledged graphics card to it uh, and playing like modern-day Dark Souls, the remastered one, uh, and a couple other games like Overwatch and things like that just to compare uh, the graphics, like the or FPS, so, like the performance. It was actually pretty surprising, <laughs> especially when he's using a older card. So he's using a 750 ETI, I think. Yeah. Uh, But it was actually pretty impressive, and so I was, you know, curious. And I haven't been able to do any benchmark or play anything, but I already have better specs than that, and I paid less, so it was kind of nice. So, yeah, it's a a huge rabbit hole. I'm sure I'm going to eventually build things for no good reason. Uh, The problem is, is it's so easy to justify buying some of these things because of the prices. Uh, but then it puts you in a hole because, you know, it's cheap. The prices <clears throat> are enticing, but uh and cheap because of that. Uh, but it leads you into a rabbit hole. But yeah, it's if you're really curious, go ahead and check out the website. Um, that's my long story.
0: Awesome. I think this site is great, not just because of the stuff that he, that one, I don't know what to call him, the main guy who runs the site, mm-hmm. but the forums are such a dark rabbit hole like oh my god it's like youtube you can fall in there for hours and just read and read and read and it's fun to delve into some of those builds with uh some of that the forum posts so yeah i really like it it's fun to just sit and read
1: yeah their discord is super active like obnoxiously super active and it's not necessarily just them talking about the builds, uh, which they have amazing support. So you post the problem in there, and like within five seconds, there's eight people posting the four different solutions. Um, so I I'm not too worried about it um, because I think I have some self control, but uh, it's it's going to be difficult. Um, but yeah, they they if you want to get into it the discord's awesome the forum's awesome i compare them to like a a smaller linus tech tips thing like linus media um definitely not 20 million followers cuz i think they just hit that uh linus did um but yeah they're they're pretty pretty awesome so check them
0: out i agree definitely check them out okay so So last time I think we talked about Final Fantasy 15, and then I mentioned some Dragon Ball Z Kakarot uh, impressions. Yes. Uh, Maybe we go a different direction. Sure. Now. Um, So I know that with the new Xbox coming, so I think it's a new Xbox, right? Isn't that how the marketing goes? Yeah, it's the Series (laughs) X. the Series X of the Xbox brand. Did I get that right? Is that how that goes? Something like that uh so they mentioned that they're not having a year of exclusives so in other words there's going to be a year where they don't have any exclusives to the new xbox yeah um it did i capture that right or is it a year's worth of exclusives or it's just going to be 2020 won't have any or 2021 won't have any exclusives for the Xbox? That's the one area
1: I'm confused on too, okay. as well. Because technically, if you think about it, they will have an exclusive because of Halo. But I don't know if they're referring to the fact that it will will be on PC as well. And they're not including that as an exclusive. But to me, that doesn't make sense. It kind of does, but it doesn't.
0: Will the new Halo launch with the Xbox? Do we yes. know that for sure? Yes, it's a launch title. Okay. For sure. So then yeah, I don't
1: understand it either. So that's why I think maybe it is 2021. I I, I don't know. It it might be it might be that it's 2021 that they don't have any. Let me We're going back to do well, a live Well, so follow-up. maybe
0: they maybe they're saying the Series X launches with Halo. And then that's in 2020 end of 2020 and then 2021 doesn't have any exclusives. I think that's I think it's that. It won't it says oh I I stand corrected. It says
1: the Xbox Series X won't have any exclusive games at launch. Uh that's really surprising because Halo is a pretty big deal and is typically a launch title. Um but yeah, the it, it looks like they won't be launching any Exclusives at the 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 actual hardware launch, which is a huge deal.
0: Well, so uh, I I just found another article. So this is really good radio, but um, uh, it it looks like what they mean is that all of their games for the next two years after launch will also dually come out on PC. Yeah, so so. you don't need the Xbox Series X to play them, which isn't what it sounds like when you say there won't be exclusives. So, I mean, Halo is an exclusive game to the Microsoft platform, whether it's on a PC or the Xbox, but it's good to know that I don't really have to buy an Xbox to play it. I can use my cool PC to play it. So that's good. I guess that's a good thing. I I really, I think it is one of the coolest moves that Microsoft has ever made that they are thinking this way about their games. Like, It seems like their philosophy is really, we want to give you the access to the games. We don't really care how you buy them or play them. We want you to play them. And I think that is incredibly smart. I think that I will be playing more Microsoft slash Xbox slash whatever you want to call them games uh, at their launch or not launch or even just next year. I'm just going to jump into as many as I can. Yeah. I, I think I might even be able to play Halo with you when it releases, and that would be very cool. That'd be interesting.
1: Um, I, The way I look at it, as you kind of already mentioned, but it makes it easier to get into the uh, genre, or not genre, but into other genres that have been you know, mutually exclusive for a very long time and mutually exclusive meaning like console and not PC because Halo hasn't been on PC it, until just recently with right. the Master Chief Collection. It was on Halo, first Halo launch and then Halo 2 launch a long time after Halo 2 came out, bear in mind. And then and, and we didn't have anything. So, yeah, this is definitely a good approach, especially because now people are going to be able to stream with project X cloud. We'll be able to stream these games to the PC anyways. Like you can be through a browser or, or their phone. I might be mis mistakenly thinking you can do it through a, a PC browser, but at least through your phones, you'll be able to stream these games according to the, what you purchased in your library. So, um, this just gives them more real estate to sell sell their services, uh, and make more money and drag more people in. So uh yeah, I it almost makes me wonder like what's an exclusive even mean anymore? Yeah. Because um, PlayStation technically, if you look at it, uh you could stream it to your PC or iPad, right?
0: Or at least for sure your iPad. You can, but it, I think exclusive will start to mold into a service based exclusive mm-hmm. rather than yeah. a hardware based exclusive. Hardware, and, yeah. and that's kind of where the industry is going anyway. Everything is, I mean, everything, IT as well, everything's yeah, becoming based. a service. And for better or worse, subscriptions and services. So. Yeah, I think maybe that will be the go forward where you, if you are paying for the service, you have access to the exclusive game, but that also dually makes it exclusive to the service, but also makes it more accessible. Like you said, you can play on any of the devices you already have. Right. That's a very new concept for even now for us with even last console uh, generation having specific, exclusive hardware to each company. Yeah. And Utilizing while... It, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And while we see exclusive hardware for this next console generation, both are starting to position themselves where they're saying, yeah, we have it, but you don't need it. <laughs> Which is crazy. I, I don't think we've ever seen that from a hardware-based, I don't know, gaming console company before, so... It's interesting because it seems like more of a PC-style approach to gaming, if you will. But still transcends the PC in a lot of ways because it's mostly about getting games in front of people on any platform. So, I don't know. It's I'm excited about it because I am such a remote play player. I, I play on my iPad all the time with yeah. both PlayStation and now... Steam Link, mostly Steam Link. Yeah, I'm jealous about the PlayStation. And it's I don't know, this changed a lot of my gaming life and and you know, we've talked several times about where and what I will play depending on where I'm at. Right. And i that whole calculus has completely changed since remote play with PlayStation and Steam. And the other day
1: too, not not to like focus on news, but the other day I'd mentioned that Nvidia just oh, wants yes. their their streaming service and it's I think and I think people are right. I think it's gonna put Google's gaming service out of it business or at least make it almost obsolete because you don't have to pay some exclusive uh fee to buy games that aren't technically exclusive to the service. they yeah. What what Nvidia is doing is the smart way to do it is saying yes. no, no 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 no. You can use our servers and our our towers and basically our servers that if you, for streaming the games that you already own on your PC and they said they're including, uh, uh, steam Epic games. Uh, and I think, uh, somebody else possibly maybe GOG. I don't know. Um, but it, that's insane. That's huge. While. Yes, 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 yes. You have steam link, but this means that you can literally stream Any of those games on the go, wherever you are, onto your iPad, your underpowered MacBook Pro, (laughs) (laughs) in my case, uh, or uh, probably a Chromebook. I mean, who knows? But you can be playing these games with a controller or keyboard and mouse, depending on how they do it. And you pay, I think the fee's like $5 a month.
0: Yeah. That's insane.
1: At what point, granted, you have to buy the games. It's like, I get that. But if you are like most sane people and you have a Steam account or Epic because they give you free games like crazy. I mean, we just got Farming Simulator not too long ago. That's a huge deal um, for some people. Uh, Steam always has sales. And then you have like Humble Bundle. Then you have big sales on uh, like GOG games that you can buy.
0: Like it's insane yeah most people are sitting on a giant pile of games in various platforms and right. and i agree like i play a lot of steam link remote play like i said but it is i have thought many times about the fact that it is a hundred percent linked to steam only and to your point i have battle.net games i have uh oh Origin yeah i totally games, forgot about that yeah because battle.net's included in that nvidia stuff that's what it was um, i think it was battle.net yeah yeah. And I have a bunch of GOG games. I have a bunch of now um, oh my God. Well, GOG. I, I mean, I've got so many games and so many different platforms, even just on the PC, that I've thought of like, oh man, it'd be cool to be able to play this this one game, but it's not in Steam. And I don't want to have to rebuy it necessarily. Huh. I know that you can import other games that yeah, are non-steam it's ga- not steam like games? amazing <laughs> but i've heard that it's hit and miss yeah and yeah. i've never actually done it myself i've heard that it's it's marginal at best so yeah i don't just, know i think it's, it's a cool idea i i don't think we've ever seen it happen with battlenet and that's the part that's super exciting yeah,
1: for me yeah battlenet this is the first time um because you can like you said do the steam side of things but it it doesn't work as probably as uh natively as the nvidia is going to uh yeah. I plan on trying this out soon and contemplating when I need I would like to but play one of my games. I just pay the five dollars a month. Uh but we'll see. Um but yeah, the I, way I, I think
0: it's gonna be worth it. The way I look at it, Josh.
1: You just said bad on that. And, and for me, I love me some World of Warcraft. Uh that <laughs> is dangerous because I could as weird as it sounds, I wonder how you well it would play ...on an iPad, but like think of Overwatch on your iPad... <laughs> ...or uh, you have a old laptop that you uh, you know don't mind carrying around... ...that you fire up NVIDIA's app or service... ...and you can start playing at full 1080p max settings... Uh, ...World of Warcraft, which isn't exciting, I know how people relax... Uh, ...but like other games... At full, at, you know, full max settings that you would never be able to do originally on your PC. I think that's pretty cool. Granted, you need a good connection, but still, I think today in today's age, it's easier to get the connection you're looking for. I think it was like thirty megs, thirty. Yeah, I think it was thirty megs. Yeah, right. Um, so that's obtainable anywhere. Well, besides like country, <laughs> like if you're <laughs> in the middle of the boonies, you maybe aren't really lucky but still that's that's a really big deal and we talk about this a lot like we talk about the the different services that are coming out yeah and i think you and i have a better understanding maybe than most people because of our trade (laughs) that sounds funny but like being involved in something that's uh going through the same change and has been for years like it makes it a big deal and makes things more obtainable for others so uh, this is going to be a huge game changer for these consoles coming out. Granted, I don't think we're still going to hit that shock, stick, you know, that huge shock with the new generation of consoles. But I think it's definitely going to be a hey, now we have this. I would not say competitor because some of these people are doing it them themselves. We have this new, um, this new avenue to obtain money, this service, the certain yeah. in our services. It it'll start to change the way the focus on the consoles, how they focus their monies to consoles and development for consoles. So it's going to be an interesting next couple of years. And I say probably 10 years, we'll see a big,
0: probably a big shift in oh, what I you and th- I are I think playing. Oh, sooner and, than that. Yeah, well, sooner. I'm being generous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I do want to point out that the NVIDIA... The Nvidia service is available on PCs and Macs and then on Android. It is not on iOS. So it. I'm sure really what's happening is that they're trying to put their app through um the what is it called? The uh review app review. Yeah, Apple's I'm sure it's review? Oh, a lot of fun. Yeah. And so I'm sure that's where it's at, or maybe they're just not trying to do it at all. Who knows? But it's not iPad ready right now. I wish it was. That would be the clincher for me. Uh, yeah. For me, really, that service boils down to Diablo Three engine for me. Oh shit! So I would shit. be able to play Diablo Three on my. Oh, you did on, not on my iPad? If you if did, did not the iPad. say that, yeah. Oh so God! I, I've already for many, many hours played Diablo three on my MacBook pro, but it still, um, it, it looks great. Cause Diablo three is super old, but it, it makes my machine like take off. And so I would definitely want to try using the remote NVIDIA service from my awesome gaming PC, which has no problem running that game whatsoever. Right. And then just streaming it to my huh. uh, other Mac and see how that goes. So, yeah, I mean Diablo 3 would be the one I would play mostly probably on that service. I just realized that you can join for free and but you'd only get like 1 hour uh one
1: I hour saw of that.
0: Play. I saw that you can play like an hour and what was it an hour a day? Uh, I don't know. I'm I I'm trying it's to find an hour out. A day.
1: But like th- think of it uh think of it as a way to uh prevent your kids from playing for too long. <laughs> <laughs> on it, uh, by only getting one hour sessions, but that's pretty cool. I I would like to give them credit for that. That's a nice trial because you don't use have to use a credit card. That because that's what I heard. So people were really boasting the whole, hey, you don't need a credit card to ju- to try it out for free. Yeah, so I might have we to try that about. out just yep. to
0: see. They did it right too, because you know, if think about if Google for for Stadia, Stadia, it's if they Stadia. had not released saying okay you gotta pay for the service and you gotta pay for the games if they had just come out and said you pay for our service and we search your drive for the games you already own yeah, and either use the ones locally on your machine or we then authorize the games on our side and we say you can play them that would have been a whole different set of circumstances and I think maybe more people would feel better about Stadia or Stadia however you want to say it and might have bought into it sooner. Maybe. Because I, I certainly feel great about the NVIDIA one. I would love to try it. I'm excited to do so at some point. Um and and it's pretty much the same thing. It's the only difference is you already own the games, we will play those. That's yeah. the only difference. So marketing. It matters.
1: Yes, it does. And just not being Google all the time matters. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, why don't we take a quick break? That's a good idea.
0: So we'll be right back.
1: And we're back from that really quick, really, really quick break. Uh, So now that we've talked about The Witcher, we've talked about, um... NVIDIA's kick-butt service that we can try today for free and beautiful Joy-Cons that none of us will be buying.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, What the heck is Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery? Well, so that is part of a, I think I want to try implementing a new section to our podcast. Okay. Maybe uh, we could do it after the break every time. I'm okay. not even sure, but hey, why not? Yeah, the idea being that um, I want to call this new section "off the beaten trail," Ooh. and that is to say, I want to start looking and finding, uh, looking for and finding games that aren't normally as mainstream. Okay. As normal that's i said normal twice and so the idea would be to use your own judgment but to basically find games that one game a week that is something that is not as well known or or we might be telling people for the first time so with that in mind i i've chose this week super brothers sword and sorcery ep Which is a little game that I don't know how to describe it. It's like a small adventure game, point and click adventure game. Hmm. And the reason I loved it as much as I did was I played it on iOS. So I played it on my phone, Uh, actually. But um, it's on Steam. It's on iOS. I think it might be on some other platforms, too. I'll have to look it up while we talk about it. But um, it's on Steam on steam mm-hmm. it is 7.99 so it's it's relatively cheap yeah and the idea behind it is it's a a pixel art style game and it's really just a small adventure game to tell a small somewhat weird adventure story about a scythian warrior who sets out on a quest and sets some things in motion and then has to fix what she started and so the the draw to it is the art and the way that the characters speak to each other, mm-hmm. um, or really the main character speaks. It, it's mysterious in some ways because it's all done in um, 140 characters or less per little small nugget of interesting dialogue it's like a tweet.
1: Oh, what well, old so, tweets
0: used to be? Yeah, so that's what the cool part about it is. It actually ties into Twitter, so you can take you any serious? part of the dialogue and you can tweet. Um, tweet that part of the dialogue directly and so um, it's neat because each each of them is a nugget of text and it has to fit so they tell the story in very concise little nuggets Um, and then you move through this small world of pixel art and it's just it's just a neat whimsical fun game the crowning jewel on top of it all is that it's got a great great soundtrack by a gentleman named james uh, gun i think is his name let's see if i can find it and um he wrote the whole jim guthrie sorry hmm. he wrote the whole uh soundtrack and i love listening to this soundtrack you know we talked a few episodes back, more than a few episodes back about soundtracks and yes. this is one of the ones that I return to often because I actually bought the soundtrack at the time I was playing the iOS game. I had to have the soundtrack. So, nice. It's just a fun soundtrack this guy made and he has become somewhat famous because of it. And so um this the music really plays into the look and feel of the game but also some of the adventure of the game. So it's it's front and center, a a part of the game, and uh, it's just a fun little adventure and and very engrossing and whimsical. So, I recommend it. It's really cheap, seven ninety nine, you know, and that's not on sale. So you can find it on sale for even cheaper on iOS. I've seen it for like a dollar or two on sale. Um, I think on iOS it's $5 and that gives you Hmm. the, uh, iPad and iPhone version. And, uh, it's perfect for iOS because it was, it, it was built with mobile in mind. Like each small section is, um, you get to the end of the section Which is relatively short, very phone size, bite sized. Gotcha. And you get to the end of the section, and then it says, Why don't you take a break? And then that would be a good time. You can just turn it off, or you can keep going, or Hmm. whatever. But it's kind of neat that way. So I really like it. Uh, I had a great time with it. It's about, I don't know, four hours long. So it's not a really long game. Nice. But it's good. That's interesting. I know when I first saw it, I thought
1: it was the two guitar. they get two brothers, or the two dudes that. Uh, do covers for video games, because <laughs> um, and I thought I read it wrong, um, but it seems like a game that I I would probably end up playing like on a whim just because yeah of some a rec- like a recommendation. Uh, I, you know me, I like some pixel art, and a lot of people do nowadays. So it, do- it definitely looks gorgeous. That that was the first impression I had before, um, actually diving into like the other screenshots. It looks pretty good.
0: Yes. Um,
1: and I can imagine it looks pretty neat on a phone when you're, you know, waiting at a doctor's office or something and you're killing some time. I think that the integration with Twitter is pretty cool though. It is, it's, it's really neat. It's very I see
0: that. yeah, it's very strange. And and the the all of the dialogue is spoken by the Scythian warrior in almost like a second or third person style where she's talking about what she's doing and what people are saying to her. Um, so it's, it's neat. It's, it's really fun. It's like a point and click game. Um, so yeah, cheap, yeah, cheap, true. enjoyable, cheap, 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 and fun. We like yes, it cheap and fun, fun, fun.
1: Um, I think yours sounds better than mine. Cause I'm, I, I still want to use the one that I tried. From... Yeah. I thought that was good. Um, so mine is Supreme Commander Forged Alliance. Uh, it came out, I think it was a l- quite a while ago. I believe late two thousands, early twenty tens, um, and it's an RTS game, uh, a pretty beefy one at, at the at best. Uh, and I'm I've always been a big fan, but I played this game for a long time uh, during college, and it was because my my friends from like first grade uh, got me into it. And it's different; it's not your average RTS, and I mean that because typically you have your You have like you're commanding your entire army, um, which you are in here, but instead of it just being you, uh, birds eye view commanding an army, you actually have a commander sit on the battlefield, and it's not just any commander. It's f it's literally a mech, (laughs) it's a a huge mech uh, that is your commander. And one of the game plays or the game uh, game modes is. Uh, you have to, in order to eliminate a character, you have to kill their commander. Um, so instead of you know destroying their entire fleet or army, you can just blow up their commander, which is easier said than done. <laughs> um, because there is so much behind this game. Um, first, it's beefy, meaning um, you can have lots of pe- lots of units on the field. Uh, and to be clear, this is more of a um, sp- not spacey but uh futuristic uh RTS so there are three factions one's a uh, basically a, a AI powered robots uh one one are alien races and then the other one is uh humans uh but it's really cool uh one of my favorite things about it is that it has an insane uh resource um management system so like other games, like, like Civ more or less, but uh, like uh, Command & Conquer, um, Age of Empires, things like that, you, you need resources to build stuff and um, have troops in the field. Or you have limits too as well. This game doesn't have that, or at least the troop limit. It has a resource management system, but it's uh, power and mass, which is really cool. But it's very so,
0: difficult. So that's power that you're giving to your troops?
1: So it's power to power your, uh, well, depending on the type of troops that you use, if you use mechs and things like that. Uh-huh. Or, uh, I don't want to spoil things for people, but <laughs> uh, or other things that include electricity, because um, not only do you have, like, your normal troops, you have, oh, shoot, this is going to be, you have, like, your super powerful Troops, they're like Titan-esque kind of troops, okay. where they're specific to each faction, um, and they're very, 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 very powerful. And there's several of them per faction, which make it even cooler. But no, the the power is to power your base, basically your your stations as well as some of your troops. That's cool. And then the mass is obviously to build what you need. Um, and it's pretty impressive because there's so many strategies to to get all that. And uh we got it to the point where it was usually us playing three V three and one of us would be what we call like an ec- economic powerhouse and we would just mine everything and we, we were the ones providing the resources for the armies for the other the other two while also defending. So it was pretty impressive. But it's a it's a pretty intense game. Um I I definitely. It's probably within the ten dollar range nowadays. I haven't even checked, in a in a while.
0: Yeah, it was. um, So uh, last time we talked about it, I've always been very intrigued by it because it seemed off the beaten trail of. Oh, it's like almost what we're talking about. Off the beaten trail of um, the typical RTS from resource management and base building standpoint. Yeah, uh, which is. What I'm always looking for, like, I can enjoy the base building on the standard real-time strategy games, but it's not my favorite part. So if you remove that, um, I'm looking at you, Ground Control, (laughs) then it's even better to me. And it's not that it's gone in this game, but it seems like it's different. Yeah. And that always really intrigued me. And also, somebody talked to me a long time ago about how you can zoom so far into the battle and see these guys struggling in battle and um i love that kind of thing so i've always been very interested in it and last time we did this episode it actually was on sale for seven dollars and i almost bought it while we were talking before my machine crashed and then my machine crashed so now it's not it's twelve dollars (laughs) yeah right now but um it goes on sale all the time and yes it does i was I was just looking at the um, stats on it for pricing. And mm-hmm. it looks like you can get the gigantic bundle, which is the Supreme Commander, the expansion, Supreme Commander 2, and the expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess in 2018, it was $6.67. So wow. all that for 6 seven dollars is that's insane. pretty insane so maybe hey hang, hang on to get it on sale but um it has always intrigued me and i've always liked the look and feel of the game i just have never played it so um you telling me that it's that good i think at some point i will definitely pick this up yeah the
1: this game has some components that like leave me left me scarred uh, One being the fact that you have nukes in the game. And I mentioned this before in the first take, but uh, there every time a nuke is launched, there's a notification uh, that is anonymous, by the way, that says strategic launch detected. And so whenever you're playing with friends, you're like, uh, did you launch a nuke? Did you launch a nuke? <laughs> and if no one responds back, you better be building as quick as possible nuke defense, which can be done depending on how big the map is but the scary thing is that if you have radar you can you can literally follow the nuke as it's approaching your base that's cool and nothing is more uh nerve-wracking than watching your basically like your pdcs and your uh missile interception missile intercepting systems i can't remember what the full name of it is but uh It's it's really intense when you're watching as it's depleting the missiles as it's trying to hit the nukes because you could power those nukes up, actually, like upgrade them. It's scary watching that thing come down. And if if you just kill it, you're good. But if if you run out of time, you're screwed depending on where that nuke lands. And um, one particular race has a more powerful nuke than everybody else. And so that was always also scary when you faced that race. Um, It was much, much bigger than your typical nuke in that game. So
0: nice. there's it so re- many things. Reminds me of Red Alert with nuclear launch detected. And then yeah. you're like, oh, man. Yeah. Who shot it? Where did it come from? What's Where's yeah. it going? Yeah,
1: it's it's intense. Like, you could upgrade your uh, commander to basically become a base. <laughs> and, it, and it generates its own resource. It's so weird and so cool at the same time. Um, there's shields, radar. um masking systems like it's it's pretty cool if you can get a good system down uh and the campaign's actually pretty lengthy and difficult so it's not like your typical blow through it rts game this is a pretty intense game and yeah it's it's worth the seven dollars i wouldn't pay twelve dollars but the thing is that there's still a community out for there for this game where enough where they built a multiplayer application to basically a matchmaking application with custom maps and everything like that and it's extremely active um so i i when a game that good and you still have a community after 10 years of it being out and 6 years of the servers being uh shut down that's pretty
0: cool that's awesome i i will have to pick it up soon so i i miss a good rts i yeah. could really use one
1: it's difficult, I will say that. Um, it took me probably two months to get decent at it, and that was playing it almost every day because <laughs> I'd had <laughs> nothing else better to do. Um, but yeah, it's it's fun. You can dial it down, but to be, to be honest, it kind of ruins it. But yeah, that's my game. Makes sense. Wow. Good pick. I think so. I mean, if you're not into RDSs, it's a pretty bad pick, but... <laughs> Uh, it is what it is. Um, anything else you want to talk about? What What's going on outside of the norm? Do you have anything?
0: Yeah, I don't know that we should launch into a full-on topic, but we have a few minutes to kind of discuss. Maybe we'll go through what we've been playing lately. Okay, yeah. Um, or something like that. I I have been playing The Witcher 3 like crazy. I think we've talked about Surprise. it enough. And then um, what's weird is... Uh, I had been playing a lot of 3ds, uh, like lunch breaks or like at. It's been uh, a while since you've been talking about that. Yeah, and and I still enjoy it, but somehow I've just been having this need to play fantasy games and fantasy adventure games. I wonder why. (laughs) And so, um, when I don't really have access to The Witcher three. I have been playing Baldur's Gate on my iPad, and so I've had that on my iPad for a very long time. Yes, you and bought it And I've for owned me. Baldur's, <laughs> Gate, Baldur's Gate on various platforms and devices forever, and it's probably the least played of the CRP, old CRPG-style games that I've ever played. Hmm. And yet it's supposed to be one of the best. So, and I also would like to play the second one, which I own on all kinds of different platforms as well. And so I thought it would be a good time to jump back in and kind of tap that same vein of fantasy while I was into it. And sure enough, I've been having a blast with it. So, um, of course, as everyone has said for generations now,
1: <laughs> yeah, literally. it's an
0: awesome, awesome game. Um, it makes me want to play all the new stuff too, like more of Pillars of Eternity, which I love. Yes,
1: and I thanks. also own a
0: game called Tyranny, made by Obsidian as well, that um, is even more intriguing to me, but I feel like I need to finish Pillars first. So, I don't know. It, of course, is just another vein of games to play. Mm. Um, and, if, you know, I haven't even mentioned the beloved and widely acclaimed... Uh, Planescape Torment which yes. also is supposed to be the best of those types of games um, which I have actually played many hours of and still have not gotten very far in that game <laughs> so um, I also like that game but I don't think I've played enough of it to be in love with it as much as people and, say uh, all the other people yeah yeah but what's cool about that game and I won't spoil anything here is that it takes all of that same gameplay and style and makes it more about talking to people and following through on various mysteries and following through on um, having conversations with people. It's very combat light. So it's more about having the right stats to open up the right dialogue choices, or not right, but different dialogue choices. So if you're intelligent or wise, you might have the ability to. Um, delve into more discussions with people in the game and find new avenues yeah. to do things. So, I don't know, Internet it's it's routes, pretty amazing, yeah. a pretty amazing game and um a touchstone for that style. So, that's what I've been playing other than The Witcher, um of course, Stardew Valley here and there. Yeah. When can you stop playing that game? I so, never ever. Exactly.
1: Uh I blame you for a lot of things. Good things, of course. Um, because you're a great friend and get me into things that I've been <laughs> dying to get into. Uh, but I, full disclosure, I, I never played any like D and D or Dungeon, Dungeons and Dragon esque games outside of the actual D and D itself until I met Josh. Uh, so thanks, Josh. Um, you're welcome. I want. I had no friends out in that time period that I wanted to do this. Everybody else was too busy doing other things, so it was kind of nice finally to find somebody who definitely has a good backing and understanding of it uh as they have played several years and have several campaigns under their belt but uh what i'm getting to is because of this uh my love for fantasy has continued to grow and somebody was super generous and purchased pillars of eternity for me um and sent it to me and i didn't know what the game was (laughs) at first uh I opened it up, and as soon as I started to get into the game and and realized that I was literally embarking on a and d <laughs> for me it was, like, a, it's like a, literally going through a and d campaign.
0: Yeah, that's what it is.
1: Uh, I was sold, because yeah. just picking the characters, while it has a limit, it's limited to what you can pick, there's literally tidbits for everything you select, and there's... Like, you, you get better stats for this, this, and this. Uh, If you get this, you get a camp, uh, companion. And then if uh, each of these companions has a particular, like, plus or minus, I mean, I was just over the moon. And so now I have a wood elf that's got a wolf companion and he's oh, that's a awesome. hunter. Uh, So I'm super pumped to play that game. And I played only 30 minutes of it, but I was just, I was, like, laughing to myself because, I, like, where has this game been? <laughs> Why yeah. didn't I not see it sooner than this? Um so yeah, that's what I was playing Stardew Valley uh just a, just a little, just a little Stardew Valley.
0: Uh, <laughs> um
1: and now I will be playing The Witcher.
0: Um Yes. So So of course play The Witcher and enjoy and that game will be your life for a time. Yeah. But when you're done, you can continue your fantasy enjoyment with Pillars. Um, and yeah, it's not exactly D and D, but the point of the game was to be kind of a spiritual successor from the Baldur's Gate team. Yeah. And it has a lot of more modern conveniences that, um, are nicer. So like, for instance, you can fast travel between points and you can speed up time. So when you're moving through the map, it's faster to run and all those nice features that, um, the older games don't have. Mm-hmm. And then on top of it, it, it has its own custom underlying system. Like the older games like Baldur's Gate and Planescape, Planescape Torment are based on advanced Dungeons & Dragons 2e. So it it's an older game system and it's, it's really difficult to understand if you have never really played Dungeons & Dragons. Those were the times when like people were really interested in kind of gating off Dungeons and Dragons from people. So it was super not accessible at all. And so it's very difficult to kind of understand the rule set. Whereas I feel like Pillars of Eternity is more like, Hey, here's how it works and this is what you can do. And here are your options and it's way more accessible. So I'm glad you enjoyed the time you played. I of course would never expect it to supersede the Witcher, but um, did you get, to the part where you have the caravan and then you get into the caves.
1: No, I literally uh, went to find the berries and then um, I got I did a bunch of the random nice. talking to the lady. Um, or yes, and then now I'm going to the stream. So like I I, I took I spent more time building my character. yes, yeah. I have a problem and, and I like to make sure 100% what I'm doing is what I want to
0: continue to play with. Yes, yes. So I was reading everything that was in the player. I have that problem, too. And then, of course, it rears its head later after I've already made the choice and I'm playing. I'm like, maybe I should have played something different, you Mm. know, and stupid stuff like that. No,
1: mine was, like, making sure that my guy actually makes sense. Like, it aligns with what I want to do. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, and that's so true. It was like, oh, maybe I should have done this. But... Uh yeah I I picked as much as I could of a, a lone wanderer who lives in the wilderness and hunts ferocious animals and uh doesn't like to talk to people. I was <laughs> like this is perfect. This is like my this is like my alter ego. I love this. <laughs> um so I I I'm looking forward to playing that game regardless of, of having the Witcher because it is different. So, it'll be like a nice uh palate cleanser, I guess. Yeah.
0: No, it's great for that. So, and it's a native Mac game, so that was also a plus. Yes, it looks
1: great on the iMac. By the way, oh, I can only imagine. It's I, so I'm kind cool. of jealous. It, I mean, it, you can tell that because of the big screen. It, it there are parts. I think it only goes to 1080p. It doesn't go to 4k. Oh, okay, um, but it still That's looks pretty good. Um, Actually, I'll have to check and see if it goes up or scales up. When I had it, said it, it went and defaulted to 1080, um, but that's that's okay because it still looked pretty cool on a big old nice. screen. Um, yeah. yeah, that's the
0: game that saved Obsidian in a lot of ways. So, and apparently, um, there's more of them because yeah, saw there's that. a second one and a bunch of DLC for the first and the second one. Oh, geez. And then I think they—I'm pretty sure I said it out loud while we were talking, but I'm pretty sure they made. Um, tyranny as well they did so yeah they made tyranny do you know anything about tyranny it's it, tyranny is basically a, um pillars of eternity in a lot of ways but you basically play the bad guy and mm-hmm. it's a whole different story and world but like the idea is you go around to towns and you're the super bad guy collecting from the towns and beating people up and all that huh. kind of stuff so that's different yeah it's meant to be very different so
1: Um, Were you just saying that because you know I like to be at the dark side?
0: I don't. No, I I think (laughs) it's super interesting. I've been dying to play it for a long time. So, um, yeah, dying. (laughs) So uh, it's very different, and I I like that. That's why Planescape is as cool as it is because it's so, so different.
1: I, I remember uh i don't know if it was a podcast i was listening to but it was somebody talking about planescape and i, I always thought man this sounds really interesting i'd like to get into it yeah um, it's so different it's so different it like and the mo- most recent one i was watching uh, some playthroughs at least uh and it, you can totally say i'm wrong but it almost reminded me of the newer diablo threes like a diablo three with like an old diablo two mix yeah. Uh, and take out the fighting style of Diablo, obviously, and just have people walking around talking to each other. Um, yeah, so, it's
0: a lot of talking, a lot of reading. Lots but, of reading. But um, very, very deep, very deep in the D&D lore. So good stuff.
1: Oh, man, there's a yawn for me. <laughs> I think that's time. Think that's well, time to say I'm done talking to you. The old man of Justin uh, is ready to go lay in bed and play Witcher on his no, Switch. Shut up. The yeah. Switcher. Ugh. No,
0: I'm you not You had the first to get person. it in there. No Terrible. One, no one else. Terrible.
1: I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of people say that. It's not just Well, me. a lot
0: of people are wrong. So they all need to be corrected. You're all corrected. Don't say Switcher. That's not the name of the game. Okay. Well,
1: I guess that means that we're done talking then today.
0: <laughs> exactly. Have a good one. <laughs> <Bye>. Thanks, Josh. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>